content warning. This episode features adult themes, blue language, and one of my favorite comedy writers around. Consider yourself warned. Justice for Burnt. Why does everyone say it's a bad movie? It's beautiful to look at. The food is gorgeous. I thought that movie was good. And then I saw everyone shit on it. And I was like, oh, I don't know how to decide what's good or not. You're listening to The Taste Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Rodbard. Sam Irby is a humorous TV writer and the author of an incredible new essay collection, Quietly Hostile. On this episode, Sam and I get into it about so many things. Chicago pizza, living in Kalamazoo, Michigan, shout out, Bosnian food in Grand Rapids, and what it's like to write lines for Carrie Bradshaw as well as give her diarrhea. I've long been a huge fan of Sam's work, and it was a real joy to have her into the studio. I hope you enjoy our conversation. Sam Irby, welcome to Taste Podcast. Thank you for having me. This is very nice. This is a nice setup you have in here. We too. try. We put up some curtains. We have a we have a green screen here, so we could actually just like go vid if you want. <laughs> okay, so we could do like Avatar. <laughs> we could after. Yeah, we could we super... talk. Okay, great. Yeah. Well, I want to first say, well, thank thank you for being nice to my hometown <laughs> of Kalamazoo, Michigan. You live there. I used to live there. You're you're nice ish. I. <laughs> Am you at first? I wasn't right because, mm-hmm. like, coming yeah. from Chicago, I was like, you, "Like, where, where is the stuff? Where are the <laughs> restaurants? <laughs> like, where do you put on your nice shoes to go to?" Although, have you been back recently? We have some fancy restaurants now. I, I go back three, four times a year. I, I see my family. My mom lives there. My aunt and uncle live there, and. I want you to kind of describe this town's food scene because there's some real quirks to it. But I feel like you really tap into some and we'll get into some of the, the <laughs> restaurant picks that you write about. Um, the the food scene. OK, this is oh, this is going to sound so messed up, but it's you can tell um, these new fancy places. You can tell they're like trying to model after big city fancy yeah. places, yeah. which, you know, is fine. Um, the So the scene mostly is, like, small. I mean, we don't eat out at that many places because there aren't many. Yeah. I like to, like, look around at, like, cute stuff mm-hmm. or, you know, like, nice, not architecture. What do I know about architecture? But I just want to, like, see some cute people serving. And yeah. There are not a lot of places no. like that. Um, but so we do a lot of like shawarma king. Oh yeah, which is my favorite. Oh yeah, on Drake Road. Oh yes, yeah, shout, yes. Yeah. The Drake one is the only one. The other one yeah. is like buffet. Total mid. Yeah, the, the like, one on Drake is the one. We're we're not doing that. Not in the COVID era. We're no. not <laughs> at a buffet. But the the scene is not. I, to me, not a scene. There are yeah. some new places that people are starting to go, and then there are just, like, the places you always eat, yeah. that everyone always eats. I, I just think you you write about the city with such uh, voice, and you it is not a punchline, which I appreciate. <laughs> right. Like, it's, it really isn't a punchline. It's just more of a texture. Because I love it there. That was gonna, I was going to ask you, you you're going to stay, it sounds like. I am going to stay. So... When I was going back and forth, like when uh, my wife and I were dating and I lived in the city and I was taking the Amtrak back and forth, 
I was like, I don't know if I could live here, right? Like, there just, there aren't enough people. There's not enough stuff. But then once I moved, maybe like two or three months in, I was like, oh, this is perfect. (laughs) I don't have to stand like butts to nuts with a million people on the train. Uh, there's a parking spot. Butts and nuts. It's so well said. It's, it's exactly why I moved to the Hudson Valley. Yeah. No more butts and nuts. Yeah, I cannot be, like, touching other people anymore. Yeah. Um, there's parking space everywhere you want to go. <laughs> um, and you Saffron, don't have to pay for it. R- correct. My stepson worked at Saffron, the Indian restaurant, Yo, for years. Can we go there? Yes, we can. Oh. We were just there last week. It's so good. It's, like, reliable. It's owned by actual Indian people. <laughs> My uncle's their attorney, and I he go there. Is. Yeah, and I go there all the time, and I love that they do kind of like Punjabi mostly, but they kind of go around the, the country. It's, mm-hmm. it's really unique menu. It's, uh, it's so good. I've never had a bad thing from there ever. Oh. Um, so, like, I started to find places that I liked yeah. and, you know, places that felt like home to me. And the first time I went back to Chicago, right, I was on the Skyway. And getting off the Skyway, going into the city, I was like, I hate this. Mm-hmm. I can't come back to this. Oh. The traffic, the smog, the people everywhere. That, <laughs> I mean, it's sort of a backhanded compliment to be like, I hate this place. <laughs> so this other place is yeah. better. It's... But it's better. Also, can we talk about how like a person like me could have a house mm-hmm. I cannot have a house mm-hmm. in a big city mm-hmm. because they're too expensive. I mean, who can? Yeah. And like in Kalamazoo, they're you know they'll give you a house for like thirty five bucks. Mm-hmm. It's like oh, t- it's yours. Yeah, no, they're nice <laughs> houses, and 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 it's a it's a great spot. Now I I we could go all day about. I have a couple questions about restaurants, but I want to get into your your writing, mm-hmm. and and because like food is a thread. I mean, you you were in the elevator saying you're not a food person, but come on, like Chub Street <laughs> Chub Street Diet in your new book. Uh, Quietly Hostile is, like, honestly, give it the James Beard Award now. Oh, oh my God. That is so nice of you to say. I hope they're listening (laughs) because I will accept that award. It's a beautiful piece of writing, and I love that you use the term frizzled when referring to shallots. (laughs) Anna Hazel, my former colleague, and I have joked forever about that term, which is not really a term. Like what it, I kind of know what it means. It's like fried, but <laughs> fancy fried, right? Uh, it's fried, but like not in a, not dumped in a vat of oil yeah. fried. It's not a term. It doesn't mean anything. <laughs> it's what bad food writers put in bad copy, in my opinion. Sorry, food writers. No. You're, but you, you pick up on the voice though of food writing. And are there any other terms in food writing that annoy you? Braise. Whoa. Braise, first of all, it sounds gross. Like, right? Like, braise. Sounds gross. And I have not been able to achieve it. Okay. Let's unpack that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it does sound gross. It, it, you think about, like, hot t- like human hot tub. You're yes. Like, you're like, yeah, like braise. braise. But when you say you haven't been able to achieve it, let's, like, what do you mean? Like, I have tried, I had this recipe for braised chicken thighs, right? And when I picture something braised, it's like kind of like burnty, crunchy on the outside and like tender inside. And and I'm a good cook. Let me start by saying that. Yeah. I'm a good cook, but I couldn't get 
the like ratio of like golden outside to tender inside. I've tried to do it with meat. I just am not good at waiting for meat to cook or yeah. <laughs> or like like n- like knowing how to get it just it's, right. I feel like your inclination is maybe more of a roast with chicken thighs. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm not trying to like give you notes. No, you get, you get enough notes me, in life. Please, you're you're a television writer. Notes. You get notes all the time. Oh my god, every day with the <laughs> notes. Um, yeah, so but, braising, I haven't ta- I haven't like uh, perfected. Yeah, but bra- I mean, braising is great for breaking down like f- tissues for like beef and shit like that. Yeah. See, I don't ever cook big pieces of meat. Mm-hmm. It's too intimidating. The, the the term braise is used with chicken thighs all the time, though. So you're you're absolutely right. It's like really annoying yes. when you get too much liquid. And it's like a soupy. Yes. And the skin is not even good. Yeah. Yes. It just yeah. it doesn't work. Every braised chicken recipe, throw it away. It doesn't work. You refer to adulthood as learning to love unsalted squash. <laughs> Absolute <laughs> truths. Absolute <laughs> truth. Okay. First off, yes. And second, are there any other foods? That you signify adulthood to you? Because this is great. Uh, Cauliflower. Definitely did not start eating cauliflower until I was an adult. And even now, I'm like, cauliflower, can we put it in something? Uh, What else is an adult food? Celery. I know kids eat, like, ants on a log or whatever, but that's peanut butter and raisins. Mm -hmm. They're not eating this. It's only like a delivery vehicle. That's all that is. Yeah. Yeah. That's how I view salads. I'm like, it's a delivery vehicle for the dressing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can put cheese. anything. You can put shoes in a salad, and I'll <laughs> eat it if it has the right dressing yeah. on it. Um, it's, but celery, like so many adults are like, put celery in that, and I, I hate it. The strings, it tastes disgusting. Yeah, but I do love celery salt. Oh yeah, salts. Yeah, it's celery great for, salt. Great for a salad. Great celery. The what about celery root? Celeriac. I don't think I've ever used it. <laughs> it's nuts. It's not good. So <laughs> I, I'm, I'm following you. I love. I, I I think like unsalted squash is definitely one of those. Yeah. Things. Wait. You know what's a big one that um is going to be controversial? Sunny side up eggs. Oh yeah. That is a food. For kids don't eat that shit. Um. Every adult acts like it's like you, nectar from the gods to put an egg on something. <laughs> put an egg on it meme from like 2005, <laughs> yeah. And I think it's disgusting. It's, I, I don't love eggs. No, nah, man. Mm-mm. I love eggs when they're like integrated, but like the sunny side, too much yolk. No, too much yolk. And it's like runny and snotty. Ugh. I can't do it. Okay, Sam, I got to give it. What's your general take on Chicago versus West Michigan pizza? I feel like you you have something. Um... Well, is West Michigan pizza, like, a thing? <laughs> Indeed it is. Have what do you, you mean, been like, Fricano- buddies? Have you been to Fricano's? No. Oh, yo. Out in Alamo? No, I'll go. It's it's so, I think of West Michigan as a, a, a version of tavern style, very thin mm-hmm. crust. Mm-hmm. Pepperoni is leading the charge with sausage as a second uh-huh. choice. Fricano's is fire. It's the best. Okay, I will um, go. Buddies is more Detroit. Yeah, yeah. We just got a Buddies in Kalamazoo. Oh, yeah. Detroit, okay, so I don't love deep dish, like the, like, vomit tomato cheese concoction that most people think Fully of. agree. I can't do that. Malnati's <laughs> butter crust with the layer of sausage yeah. under the cheese. That is my ministry. Yeah. I know everybody like loves Pequods. 
No, for me, it's Malnati. It's the Church of Lou. Yes. The Church of Lou Malnati. Yes. Yeah. I will I will not stray. But I don't always love deep dish. It's too much. My favorite is like a thin crust pub cut. So that's West Michigan pie. Well, I haven't found it's, one yet. It, you know, Sam, you are unpacking something that's very— West Michigan just stole it from Chicago tavern style. So <laughs> yeah. your tavern style had Okay, then Fricanos. I need to find a place— Okay, Fricanos. Fricanos is go really there. good. All right. Transitioning a little bit to your TV writing, I will return to Quietly Hostile because I think there's a lot of—the uh, Chubb Street diet, first off. Wow, that's just great. <laughs> love that. Again, I love that. But— Let's talk about writing for and just like that, mm-hmm. because you write in the in the book about how you clinched the deal when you were on a Zoom with one of the creators and you talked about giving Carrie diarrhea. Yeah. And that was basically the way you yeah. <laughs> sold the deal. <laughs> so what yeah. is Carrie's relationship with food? Well, they eat constantly on the show, right? Like they're always in a fabulous restaurant yeah. eating. Um I that is one of the things I love about it that you just watch these women eating. I mean, twice, three times an episode, they're always eating. The food always looks good. And in real life, like at table reads and stuff, like they all eat. They're not like, you know, like I expected everyone to be like sipping on a warm lemon water. <laughs> but like one of the first table reads, SJ was eating a like lobster roll yeah. as big as her head. And I was like, man, I am in love with her. Um, there, Carrie as a character loves to be in a restaurant, loves to eat, loves to be like the bell of the ball at the table, you know, like I I think she eats. Oh, yeah. I think she eats. I think, like, her journalism career, you know, being a columnist downtown, you know, she definitely had um, a lot of experience with restaurants. I Mm -hmm. imagine she probably went to, like, early days, went to, like, Odeon, you know, back in the Uh 80s maybe. Uh Uh-huh. But what about Charlotte? Does she have taste? Because she's got, like, this upbringing that maybe had her eating some pretty nice restaurants, too. (laughs) Charlotte is so fancy. Well, first of all, Charlotte cooks. She's, like, the one who, like, will make a brisket. She makes the Jewish food. Yeah, and make challah. Um, She, I think... (laughs) Oh, God, I wish I could spoil some things. You're going to see Charlotte eating some food you wouldn't expect mm-hmm. I love it. I can't wait. <laughs> I'll tell you where when we're done. Um, and Charlotte, I don't think—I think she, like, feels fussy yeah. but isn't fussy. I feel like she would eat, like, if you were like, hey, we're getting nuggets, she'd be like, get me a nine piece. I have to say an aside, the Chucky and the Subway moment from the first season of And Just Like That, that is brilliant. Were you involved in that? Yes, that was my pitch. That's you. Oh, yeah. shit. Okay. okay, so I hate New York. I'm sorry, New Yorkers. But everyone in New York thinks it's the center of the universe, and it's like, okay, there are other places. <laughs> um, <laughs> but there—so one day I was on Twitter— And I saw a video of the New York subway. Somebody in a little Chucky costume was, like, attacking people who weren't wearing masks. So I saw that. I sent the link to everyone in the writer's room. And I was like, see, this is why I hate where you live. (laughs) So then the room started and... Uh, Michael Patrick King, the creator, our boss, was like, I love that video that you sent. Let's put it in the show. And I was like, fuck you. You're not 
you're not going to let us do that, right? And he was like, no, no, it's in. And then he did it. It almost got cut. HBO was like, get that out of here. They just thought it was too weird or (laughs) or, or trademark. It's weird. Yeah, but he fought for it. And I mean, that's one of my favorite things about the show is that like, it's it's weird. It's it, a really we get to good throw show. a lot of weird stuff in there that you wouldn't expect. It's a real and I and it clearly it's written by at least half of the staff or some of the staff who actually hate New York. <laughs> <laughs> it makes it. <laughs> I infected the whole thing the with room. my hatred of New York. I think. <laughs> I mean, you you write about this in the, in your new book, but like, are you someone's like, holy fuck, I'm writing these characters who I love? Because you're a fan of the show like myself. Yes, I was a fan from the first season. Me too. I still can't. I mean, the most shocking thing to me was when we're in the room and Michael's, like, handing out episode assignments. And the fact that I got one, I was like, wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. You're going to let me write an episode of this? Like, I thought I was just going to be in there to, like, add some sprinkles of, like, jokes or whatever. I was like, you're going to let me write an episode? Like, real arc stuff. Yeah. And then he let me write the episode. I got to write... Of steamy, sexy. Yeah. Was this from this season too? <laughs> it's from season one. Oh. Um, which one? Episode five. Okay. Okay. When Che fingers Miranda. Yeah. Yeah. Rewatching that um, one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like that episode a lot. Yep. 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 And I, I we couldn't get Carrie to poop, but there's pee in my episode. It's nice. And it's on brand. I love it. There's an episode where she projectile vomits. That's like the greatest thing I've ever I, seen. In my I life. thought that the episode and also like the pure disdain for podcasting too. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly, you're you you nail it. So <laughs> this season you're gonna see I think she's doing some ad reads. Oh god. And you're gonna see her be like, what is this? <laughs> what am I selling? Oh my god. So so the the new season is in the can. Did you go on set? Do you go on set when they shoot? No, because they don't uh, pay me to be on set. Yeah. I'm not that high up. So I'm like, uh, come to a city I hate, and watch people work for twelve hours no. a day for free. No, I'm not doing that. But you're you're on strike right now. So are you I gonna am. you're gonna fix that maybe? Well, I I hope so. I, although, like, I like the pressure of not or the lack of pressure from not being on yeah. set. Sure. Like, I sometimes like forget what we even wrote or what they're <laughs> shooting because, like, I'm so disconnected. I'm like sitting in Michigan, uh, not thinking about Carrie and her shoes. Um, but like, yeah, if they changed it so I had to come on set, I mean, I would do it, mm-hmm. but I would be mad about it. You'd be mad about it. You're, you're a writer. You're a pure writer. Yeah. Were you on set for Shrill at all? Yes, I went That's to set. That's a good show, too. I love that. You're, you're it, was, uh, it was so great. I went to set for a week, the week that we shot the episode I wrote, oh, the right. pool party episode. And it was amazing, but also, like, as a writer, you just kind of, like, sit in Video Village yeah. and watch a million takes. And that is exciting for one week. That is not exciting no. for months on. No, end. it's it's why people like t- tend to like probably drink a lot and then they hook up on sets. Yes, like, yeah, the sheer, I, boredom. The sheer boredom. Well, let's talk about food though. 
in an IRL writer's room, writing room, mm-hmm. have you ever experienced like good food? Is there like a way to like quantify like is it basic cables better than than <laughs> streaming? And then you've got like freebie because I feel freebie's got maybe money, but maybe not. Shout out to Jury Duty, by the way. Oh, uh, oh, that show is so good. So good. Oh my, I was like crying laughing watching that good. um so i've only been in one in-person ride no no i've been in two okay. in-person okay. writing rooms you have, so you can judge there yeah you. okay so in la for shrill the lunches every day were obscene they're so good oh nice we always got really good place like uh what is that like night market Something, something, oh, the Thai plus, place. Yeah, yeah. Like it, really good. Yeah, we would get that for lunch, Whoa. which was really insane. That's, like, expensive. That's, yes. like, some real money right there. Yeah. yeah. I don't know who was paying for it, but nah. I was putting in my orders Hulu? every day. I don't know. <laughs> um, and then, like, people bringing – well, I feel weird, like, when people are, like, bringing me coffee yeah. or whatever. I'm like, I could go get – my own coffee but then like you know a few days into it i was like yeah could you tell the coffee guy i want an iced whatever um so that was really exceptional in chicago um i was in a writer's room for work in progress and we Hmm. got lunch every day but it was like places i knew because i lived there right so it's like not exciting you got lose one day i'm sure (laughs) lou manali's one day no no we mostly got uh, like foods that it was the stu- we were at Lily Wachowski's studio, which is in Ravenswood, really close to Andersonville. So we mostly got like Andersonville local cool. foods. It was delicious. It was great. Speaking of Chicago productions, I have to ask you about the bear. <laughs> I have to ask you about the bear. I mean, she get asked a bit, but I mean, it's a big. We've had a couple of the actors on the show. Chris Storer is going to be on the show at some point. The creator. Um, what do you feel about that show? I I loved it. We, you don't have to whisper either. I know. I fully throated. I loved it. First of all, I love Io. I will watch oh. her. I mean, truly do anything. On, she was on in that chair that you're sitting in. She was an amazing guest on the show. I'll link in the show notes. Out of here. She's oh amazing. God, I love her. So I would watch her do anything. The man dude, very sexy. I have heard people say that it's not authentically Chicago. But there was a scene where I cannot remember any of these characters' names. Man, dude, yeah. cousin Richie. Yeah, Richie, of course. We're in the car, and Richie said, take the Edens, mm. which is what we call 94 yeah. going north. And I was like, okay. Like, who, no one says. You remember the good wife was supposed to be in Chicago, and nah. it's like— that we can tell, dude. If you, look, if, you pl- if you plugged into AIM seven twenty, you're gonna get the Edens. You <laughs> yeah, know, you're gonna know yes. the Edens. Yeah, yeah. And so I was like, oh, okay. Like this is feeling like home. I I have to admit though that I have never had an Italian beef. I mean, even though I'm from Chicago, but like that's kind of not that great though. It's so messy. Yeah, exactly. And so like wet. I don't. If you like eating wet, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a wet food that's not soup. Like, exactly. Uh, it's a weird food. I, I I never really had it as a kid either. And my dad grew up in Rogers Park, so I, I went to Chicago a lot. And, like, uh-huh. honestly, it was interesting that it was – but I'm sure Southside has a little bit of a different culture. Well, I lived in Rogers Park for, like, 20 years. So, And I'm east from Evanston. Uh, east. Yeah, by the, Are you kidding? 
by the lake. My dad was at Columbia and Sheridan. That's where he grew up. I lived at Lunt and Sheridan. Oh, I know who that is. That's <laughs> a great neighborhood. Sonny's Food on the corner oh, yeah. where you can get, like, cigarettes, booze. Of course. Uh, a sip of someone else's drink while there's they're that, standing those, in those line. Those beach nights in, in July and August, man, there's some stuff going on on the beaches. Yes, it is. So I lived on the other side of Sheridan, not the beach side. Yeah. So I, I got, like, less of the late night beach activity. <laughs> But still close enough to like feel the breeze and like see people go over to Farwell Pier. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful place. That's cool. I love Rogers Park. Yeah. RP is really underrepresented when we talk about Chicago, I guess. Yeah. It's It's like the most diverse neighborhood in the city. It's cool. I don't know. I don't know why people like shit on it. Like, is it because it's cheap? Yeah. Up there? Or I don't know. But it's the best. I think people shit on it because it's not. Like eight other neighborhoods that have like trendy restaurants right. in there, maybe. Did you know? Did you know the Heartland closed? Oh no way! Yeah, it's done. I used to go there in she the nineties. Oh no, done. Brutal. That made that made me sad. It, yeah, it's there's there's a lot of a uh, lot to love about Rogers Park, but yes. um, but like back to Chicago and and the Bear, I feel like there is some there are some scenes in there that I feel like you could rewrite. I feel like you could. <laughs> Which one? I don't know. Like, I feel like there's. I, I, it's almost a perfect show. But do you have any any thoughts on on the way the arc? Because you're, you're, this is your notes. trade. I mean, first of all, that is so kind of you to think that uh, hmm. I watch anything critically. Yeah. Um, I, what would I change? I mean, here's the thing. I would like because I'm a creep. I would inject some romance in there somewhere. It's gonna happen. You th- between who? Okay, so here's what I'm thinking. I think that those no- like you're so right that there was no romance. That mm-hmm. was almost the strength of the show because it, mm-hmm. you really wanted to focus on yep. recovery. It was mm-hmm. a show about recovery. But like television is television. You need romance. Yeah, I gotta see some smooching. I mean, there's gonna be something. Yeah, I don't want to speculate because so. we'll- the the pastry chef is so hot. Yeah, so I would love to see him. He's great. And Sydney get to get. I mean, just yeah. something, just just a little spice. Yeah, I like a little spice. Have you? Let's talk about food TV because you write about. You're such a fan of television. Mm-hmm. You you work in the industry, but you also are a fan. Are there any food television shows that are actually good that you think? Because the bear was like, I felt like a really a bright shining moment of a lot of like mid to lower mid programming. Mm-hmm. I. I mean, I watch Top Chef. Does reality count? We can, you know, I like reality. So I guess I was thinking more dramatic, but like. But, what, but, other, what are some other dramatic kitchen shows? I mean, shows? I think about like Burnt. I think about. Okay. All right. <laughs> Justice for Burnt. Okay. There we go. Why does everyone say it's a bad movie? I, uh, you're about to tell me why. I, I, <laughs> no, I'm not. I loved it for, it's beautiful to look at. The food is gorgeous. I don't know anything about high-end restaurants or Michelin stars, although I just uh, became friends with Ileana Regan, oh, cool. who is a Michelin star Amazing chef. author. Yeah. Just great Both writer. Both of her books. Terrific incredible. writer, yeah. Incredible. Um, so now I can be like, <laughs> my friend's a Michelin. No, definitely. So, but I don't know anything about that. I don't know what it takes. Um I thought that movie was good, and then I saw everyone shit on it, and I was like, oh, I don't know how to I, uh, decide what's good or not, but it was good Sam, to me. I'm not going to yuck on your yum. That's not where I, I, I feel <laughs> like we can't go there <laughs> with, with, with food TV, and, and honestly, I think I was searching for a different question because I really— 
I feel like there's a show that you want to make. About food. Well, I mean, okay, in my failed pilot, oh. <laughs> it's okay. Can't you reheat things? Uh, well. Doesn't it, like, doesn't that happen? I mean, sometimes. Nothing's ever dead in Hollywood, right? Well, if you are trying to make a show about a fat bitch with diarrhea, they, uh, they, they put you in the grave quick as hell. <laughs> Actually, not that Dude, quick. Dude, watch like Freebie. seven years. Freebie, man. <laughs> Freebie's going to, like, call you for that show. I hope. I hope somebody calls. Okay, so what's that? So, I in in the pilot, I it it like goes back in time in my life, and I worked in a bakery, and I worked in a bakery for like four or five years, and was the manager, and I feel like there would be a good and because I wanted it in the show, so there's like behind the scenes stuff, there's stuff in the kitchen. I used to deliver wedding cakes. Pressure. Um, and we put a wedding Holy cake shit. scene in the pilot where fictional Sam and fictional Dennis are driving the van yeah. and dropping off a cake and Sam uh, gets the shits <laughs> 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 and like almost fucks up these people's wedding by shitting in their wedding. Um, <laughs> and so like maybe there's a like back backstage bakery show yeah. I could make. I'm, it sounds like the perfect like compliment to the bear. Yeah, right? And because everyone thinks like bakeries are like so sweet and nice and it's like your grandmother making muffins. <laughs> and the bakery where I worked, my boss Judy had this uh this deal with a uh, a work release program. So our kitchen was full of like giant hardened criminals like making pedophores yeah which is like the, the that needs to be i mean on. that's like drama like people with like you know like like an axe tattoo <laughs> yeah. like delicately making a pedophore and chocolates yes. i mean it, i mean it was an incredible experience she used to make um cookies for starbucks she made lemon knots and caramelitas yeah. from way way back in the day oh man and so there was a whole cookie production crew and everyone was yelling on all the time and I was like oh man I thought it was just like cute people making cupcakes but no, no it is people screaming Hardcore at each shit. other yeah. sweating yeah. yelling you, you, I'm gonna make maybe I'll make that show I feel like that show it will happen you, you've got the obvious the chops to make it happen <laughs> now now let's, you probably picked up some skills working at a bakery are you are you pretty good with the oven I uh, you know I'm pretty good but my wife is oh. the baker so I don't get in there because I don't. Honestly, I don't want to make her feel bad. Oh. No, I'm just, I'm just kidding. I love it. I I do savory and she does the sweet, but I'm probably a pretty good baker. I bet you are. Now, okay. Observation about Kalamazoo. Have you gotten into like the cream cheese frosting zone in Kalamazoo? I feel like everybody is using cream cheese frosting at some point. I haven't seen not oh, in man. Kalamazoo. Not yet. That's the one thing. We're not there yet. Not there yet. You know what I like? Do you remember Sarkozy? Uh, yeah, I do. It's uh, still there. Yeah, I know. And like, I feel like all of like all of the bakeries in town make very grown up pastries, right? Except for Sweetwater, which makes like things for children. I took Taekwondo next to Sweetwater. <laughs> I went to Master Chung, and and I definitely went Master Chung breaking boards, and then got that glazed cherry. Oh, oh. <laughs> yeah. let's go! But they make they they're like a place that has like Oreo cookie, yeah, I know donuts, and you're like, what the fuck? I'm yeah. like. 
a hundred years old. I can't, I can't like eat that. Um, but the other bakeries like Victorian and Sarkozy yeah. have those very adult, like not sweet. Yeah. Where you're like, where's the sugar? So I, the thing is, maybe I should open a bakery. Wait, are you serious? Do you want to do that? If okay, so my wife's dream is to like have a little this bakery. Is a, this is real. This is not a bit. This is real. It's real. Let's she go. wants to have. So she's a social worker. Yeah, yeah. Which of like, you know, you want to die after being hmm. a social yeah. worker for twenty years. Oh, she's um, twenty in. She's got pension uh, coming. She well, no, because oh, schools no. got rid of it. Uh, right before she started. Oh, my, so. my, my mother, 17 years kindergarten teacher, so knows, okay. knows that deal, yeah. So I am her pension. Oh, man. So I got to figure out a way to get rich so that <laughs> so that I can afford to lose all my money <laughs> starting a bakery. The low-margin business of restaurants <laughs> yeah. and bakeries, yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, that is her dream, and I'm hoping to make it a reality eventually. I, so, okay, let's let's workshop this. So it's a bakery. Is it a cafe? Is there is there other, other elements to it? Or are we doing straight, like, baked goods that are a little bit sweeter, I'm hearing? Mm-hmm. There's a need for, like, sweeter pastries, but, like, a little more polished. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, so in my mind, it's very cute, and yeah. it's the kind you want to, like, hang out right. in. You want to, like... Put, you know, take out your book, do your little laptoping. Cool crowd. You know, yeah, right? Yeah. Like, very cool. But not too student-y. Because, you know, cool. Kalamazoo's a college town. It's a college, that's like burying the lead about Kalamazoo. It's an absolute <laughs> college town. It's so, got Bilbo's Pizza, which is like number nine of ten for me. I can't, can't fuck with Bilbo's. No, it's, uh, no, it's, it's gross. True. Bilbo's and Bimbo's Pizza. Dude, I know. <laughs> I know. I know. Bilbo's and Bimbo. Bimbo's. Bimbo's right next to the bar with the uh, mechanical bowl. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, it's it's all class. Okay, so it would be, you know, like, Sarkozy is very cute and clean. I want it to be cute and clean, but actually have, like, oh, I shouldn't say actually, but have, like, <laughs> delicious pastries that I would like. I love that. Would, yeah. would there be a coffee program? Yes. Sam. Okay, good. Yeah, Kirsten's a big coffee person. I don't know anything about oh, coffee. Yeah? Do you ever go to factory? I am okay. super close friends Uh-oh. with both Dan and Emily. Dan's the best. A factory. I used to have an office above Factory <gasps> on Frank Street. So that's Emily and I shared a studio. I up was there. wondering which because you, you mentioned this in your writing, and I was wondering if it was Factory. I it is. on Frank Street. Yep, on Frank Street. Me and Emily were. I mean, Emily's work. It's hard to work with an artist. Emily makes children's yeah. books. It's hard to work with an artist, like a visual artist, when all your art is like clickety clackety clack. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I can't turn the computer to someone and be like, <laughs> "Look at this sentence, girl." This I'm nut graph. Tearing it up. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> but with like. Being surrounded by all of her work was, like, really amazing. And then we moved into a house where I could have an office at okay. home. So I moved out of I didn't really – so you you know Emily. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. Oh, I know. Emily is in the book. She's the friend. She's the friend. She's the one I took to the Cheesecake Factory. Yeah. She also is the one who saw me um, embarrass myself at the sushi restaurant. I know. Absolutely, I'm I'm linking to that that essay from your previous work, and it's it's just absolutely everything you'd want from um, uh, uh, a lunch date gone wrong. Yes. But it, I mean, luckily we became like best friends because yeah. she is funny and has a sense of humor and like knew what was happening to me. 
<laughs> Factory is great roasting, though. I mean, legit, like great roasting there. I'm, I'm into it. See, I don't, I don't understand roasting, but I'll take your word for it. But you do understand Grand Rapids. Let's talk about Bosna. Bosna. Bosna is you. Shout out this place that I've never heard of. This you, you went there on was it your anniversary or Valentine's Day? Yeah. You drove, you drove up one hour north in Grand Rapids. <laughs> Definitely not known as a bastion of great food, to me at least, Grand Rapids, Michigan. Well, you know, Grand Rapids has a lot of cute little places. Love There's, your West Michigan pride. There, <laughs> I mean, I'm, I've am i been there seven years. I have to start, yeah. like, claiming it now if I'm <laughs> staying. Uh, Grand Rapids has, like, the kind of cute little brunch pr- places. They have Madcap Coffee, which is, like, great. a very good coffee very place. Good. Very good. Um, but Bosna, like, you get off one... 131, you turn right, it's right there. It shares a lot with a pizza hut. Uh-huh. And you go in, it's it looks like a bar. It's like dark wood, the whole thing, lots of beers, and the most incredible Bosnian food you've ever had in your life. What are you ordering? I'd love to hear this. I okay. I get to start to eat in the car. <laughs> I get <laughs> yes, fries. You take it to go. Yeah, oh, oh, always. I get fries with they put like a lot of chopped up herbs and garlic and stuff on it, and they give you this dill sauce. I love dill. Mm-hmm. They give you this dill sauce to dip it in. It's outrageous. Um, and then for <laughs> that's the appetizer for the meal. I gotta get a gyro always, but they don't serve it in a pita. They serve it in this Bosnian bread that's like puffy and soft, like what you actually like. Cause like a pita, you know, you gotta. T- it's like chewing a, uh, an eraser. Or exactly, something. it's excess. You need a little bit of that crisp to it. Yeah. yeah. Totally so agree. it's so they have these puffy breads and they put all the gyro stuff in, and it's really great. And then for later. <laughs> <laughs> I get a salad to take home yeah. with gyros on top. Oh, so it has the gyro top. meat, mm-hmm. so like the, 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 the marinated or seasoned, highly seasoned meat. Yes, and it's so good. Feta, oh, yeah. tomatoes, cucumbers. Have you gotten into that. the gyro gyro conversation ever? People call them gyros here on the East Coast. What? They say gyro. Like, you look at me like I'm crazy. You no. Know, let's like, we have three people in the show of hands. How many people call it gyro? We have three producers. What? We have two out of three. Shalia, what do you think? For some reason, this is like the hill my mom chooses to die on. <laughs> I'm from Massachusetts, and like I think most people say gyro, say gyro, but like for whatever reason, she like gets like very proud. Like she'll go somewhere, and I think like a Greek man must have complimented her once because she'll just go like, "Oh, well, like I want a hero," and like so it's Correct. like a thing. I Correct. would like she uh, is right. Yeah, thank yeah. Shalia for that. Okay, Shalia so Harris. I grew up. In Evanston, I grew up, like, down the street from the greatest Greek restaurant on earth. It's called Crossroads. It's small. It's cash only. It is amazing. Um, If you are anywhere near there, you should go. And so I learned how to say all the Greek stuff early because we went there all the time. And it's Euro. I cannot believe Greek people let you guys get away with that. I don't know. It's some East Coast shit. It's it's like adding to your hatred for New York. Yes. We're just adding to it, right? Another (laughs) mark in the negative column. I love it. Well, it's it's really fun to talk food with you. We We could go on. So my wife Tamara ran into you at Trader Joe's. And she's a huge fan of yours. She was trying to be... Chill. She'd and, never be chill with me. But you, you had a wonderful interaction. You handled yeah. it. It was beautiful. It that, was great. And and like I, I just think about you grocery shopping <laughs> at Trader Joe's <laughs> in Kalamazoo. 
Are, are do people wreck? Do people stop you? Um, in Kalamazoo, yeah. I hope so. They should be because they're reading your books. Yeah, at Trader Joe's once I was in. The, first of all, let's talk about like being at Trader Joe's. I only go for like the Trader Joe's snacks, and my wife likes the green wine. Like <laughs> I, I don't oh. do my regular grocery. Oh shopping no, but there. you get the peanut butter uh, pretzel. Uh, hundred percent. Yes, Yo, like two two bags. That's the guy. Have you ever been to Horrocks in no. Battle Creek? No. What's that? It is like a warehouse grocery store. Oh, nice. And they have every exotic fruit or vegetable you could want. Sam, let's go. It, yes. Love it. Yes, we'll go. It's. Uh, I walked in and like I almost started crying. I was like, a green papaya. Wow. We got these little tiny like cucumber. Like they just have so much. Is it like a broker stuff. for the Midwest? Is it must. It sounds like it might be something special. I. I, well, I know there are a few in Michigan, but yeah. I don't I don't know if it's Yo. I don't I don't know the history or the deal behind it, but, <laughs> but I no, I, I appreciate it. It is it is amazing. Um okay, Trader Joe's only snacks, but meeting your wife was incredible. Uh-huh. I love when people talk to me. The checkout person at Trader Joe's once was like, I really love your work. Uh-huh. And I'm like, listen, scream it. <laughs> tell it <laughs> tell everyone. Um, in Kalamazoo, it happens less often than it does in Chicago. Yeah, of course. I mean, you, you're and in New York too. I mean, yeah. And I just like Sam. I really, really mean it. You are such a a, a lovely human being, and your your love for Kalamazoo is just it means a lot to me. As a, lo- I mean it. Like I'm Thank no bullshit you. trying to be honest here. Like I was at. I think. At first, I was, like, making fun of it a little bit Easy. because I was uncomfortable, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Like, it didn't feel like my home. Yeah. So I'm I'm rejecting it before it can reject me. No. Yeah. And, and But I, I do love it. It is a good place. It's, like, progressive yeah, and it's, nice. Yes, it is. And, like, I haven't met a bad person there yeah. yet. Yeah. Like, everyone I've met has been amazing. I have to shout out Rick and Stans. You shouted, like, this is my favorite car wash. Let me tell you, Rick and Stan, first of all, for the young ladies who might be listening in Michigan, the young dudes who work there, man. Yeah. I Smoke bought, oh, uh, gorgeous. Yeah. I bought, this is what, like, what a pervert freak I am. They have, <laughs> I am currently paying them. I believe $29 a month Ooh. for unlimited car washes. I've been doing it for six months because this little cutie was like, you know, we have a deal on da da And I was like, uh-huh, okay. Guess how many car washes I've gotten? Two. Hey, man. I am 15, 14, hemorrhaging 50. money there. $14.50. It's worth it. <laughs> but— it is the best. During uh, Breast Cancer Awareness Month, they do use pink soap. Bless them. Wow. And Absolutely. like there's like a stoner dog as like it's their mascot. The most Kalamazoo has like a real 90s, like Gen X kind mm-hmm. of and that stoner dog fits yes. that. Yeah, it is the best. The dudes there, like I mm. said, hot. Also nice. I never drive like into the right, you know, and they're always like, no, no, sweetie, over a little. Oh. And I'm like, oh, okay. Now we can give I'll them a tell shout. you where to get over I'm a little. I'm glad we can give them a shout out. Me Thanks. too. Sam, we asked all guests on Taste Podcast if you could write a cookbook or food culture book without the burden of time, meaning you have no deadline. Mm-hmm. 
-hmm. or the burden of budget, meaning you have all the money in the world to execute this idea, Mm -hmm. what would that book be? Uh, It would be an IBS cookbook for sure. Love but it. like not a, you know, not like a medical one. It's like, <laughs> I don't want to research or talk to any doctors, right? Like that's, that's terrible. Um, it would be like, here are recipes that I eat when um, like my Crohn's disease is flaring or I've just yeah. gotten food poisoning. And basically it would be like, applesauce. (laughs) (laughs) That's a whole chapter. (laughs) Yes. How to make... uh, So, like, I have all these ways of, like, zhuzhing up rice if I gotta... Okay, let me tell you how to cook your rice. Toast it in a little oil. Throw a handful of garlic cloves in there. um, Some loose chicken bouillon. And quarter an onion. Throw it in. And then cook the rice as normal. It's the most delicious rice. Are you putting so how much liquid are you putting in? Just like you're talking about like just a bouillon liquid? No, no, no. The okay. You have to go to the Mexican section of the grocery store and get the like shakeable bouillon. Not a cube. Not that better than bouillon. Although I mean we use that. Oh, better than bouillon. I mean, dude. Yeah. I love that. But I'm talking old school, like shake a little chicken flavor into your rice. And that is my go-to. Goya has a great brand. I love that. That's what we use. We use the Goya. Yeah. Well, their I, politics fucking suck, though. Oh, they do. They they, they had some bad, but we, that's just <laughs> let's just not go there. But anyways, uh, well, I don't watch the news, so I, <laughs> anyway, I, just I didn't mean to digress. Out what you said. This is so great. So this, you have the ideas. You have a recipe. Yes. List. Yeah. I would need like someone to, uh, someone who actually knows how to make food to give me some more ideas yeah. other than what I do. But if I could make a cookbook, that would be IBS it. is great. I think, Sam Murphy, this is going to happen. I know it's going to happen. I hope happen. so. I told Allison Roman, my homegirl, yeah. I was like, when are we doing the IBS cookbook? Collab. And she ran screaming from me, but someone <laughs> will. Someone will. Someone will pick up the torch mm-hmm. and, and make that happen. Well, Sam Murphy, thank you so much for joining the Taste Podcast. Thank you for having me. This was the best. Matt, you want to talk about three things? I love three things. I love thinking about three things. I like thinking about four things, too, and five things. And then cutting two of them out. And cutting, like, the ones we don't like. But I'll I'll start with mine. I was just in Las Vegas, Nevada, and I don't like it there, like, in terms of the gambling part. Not big gambler. Mm -hmm. Um, But I had some great food. I I had really excellent food. And I think the one place that I want to call out is I finally made it to Lotus of Siam. Ooh, I've never heard of this place. Oh, shit. I love it. So Lotus of Siam, very recognized Thai, specifically Northern Thai restaurant um, that has been made super famous by Anthony Bourdain. So he filmed there. Um, There's actually, if you walk into the location I went, which is like kind of off strip, there was a literal, in a case, a, a broken cigarette. Of Anthony Bourdain's. That they kept? Yeah, that they kept from the filming and a photo of him. Wow, I love that. Like a shrine. It's a little shrine to, to Tony. And I just have always wanted to go there. I haven't been to Vegas in over 14 years. And it was a real trip to go there because 
man, the food was excellent. I was like very surprised. The when you walk in, it's massive and it felt almost like a restaurant on the strip. It had like big cozy chairs to fit all sorts of different people from all over the world. It it had um carpet, which is interesting in a restaurant. Fun. Uh, real fun. It's a real fakest thing. Huge ceilings. It was kind of like strip molly. But man, I thought the food was excellent. I I, I really loved it. What did you get there? Um, first thing really comes to mind are these giant grilled prawns, grilled perfectly, but with this like really like acidic cilantro and lime kind of sauce, perfectly sized. And like, I don't like, like grilled shrimp isn't something that you really think about, but man, it was a real standout the way they grilled it. Um, I also really love the crispy duck and coconut curry. Mm -hmm. It's like a dish that I have had a million times. Um, You know, I think when you get coconut curry, it can be extremely sweet. And this one did not have that overbearing sweetness. Um, And of course, we had patsyu, which is like, again, one of those like classic, doesn't really scream northern to me. And like the menu was extensive. And I didn't really, we were going to have a cow soy and we were going to maybe have some lob, but we had been eating all week, so I, we were kind of chill here. But, man, patsyu, when done right, is amazing. That's one of my truest comfort foods, and this is making me really hungry to think about it. I know. It, it was it was really tremendous, and and I think I was texting with Pichet Ong, great Thai chef, and, and he kind of, I was like, so before I went, he was like, so I was like, how is Lois I am? And he was like kind of skeptical about it, as he will, and, and I have to just report back that I am not skeptical. I love it. Eliza, what's your first thing? My first thing is also travel-related, but a little closer to home. I went to New Jersey this past weekend. for The the, state of. The state of New Jersey, the great state, for the Monster Truck Rally. Yeah? Of course. Whoa, first, let's go there. What was that like? Amazing. Uh, Incredible. There was like a backflip sponsored by Morgan & Morgan, the injury attorney (laughs) law firm, that I think contractually, when every time somebody went for the backflip, the announcer would say, oh, it's time for the Morgan Morgan backflip. That's so classic. Was Gravedigger there? Gravedigger was there. How come everybody knows this except for me, that there's like legacy monster trucks that everybody follows? What, like Bigfoot and Orange Crush? Yeah, they were not there, but Gravedigger was there. Gravedigger was like the highlight for sure. Every time he would come out, the little kids in front of me, which was it was a lot of kids, yeah. would jump up and scream. I love that. Yeah, it was phenomenal. And in preparation for this, I went to Rutz Hut, which uh-huh. is this institution in Jersey um, to get hot dogs before the Monster Truck Rally and specifically Rippers, which are hot dogs that you fry just the dog in the deep fryer and it rips a little bit hence the name oh man jimmy loftus and i talked about it on a previous episode and how she loves and she wrote the book but hot dogs what's the texture of a ripper dog it is like how some hot dogs are snappy it has that snap and there's a little bit of kind of crumble on where it's ripped in the fryer yeah that's really good and the other thing that's special about rut's hut is their relish which i was told is the reason they've been there since I think 1928 is when they opened. It's kind of like a finely chopped sauerkraut yeah. with mustard and then spices in quotes. I don't know which spices. <laughs> Could not find out. That's really good. We got to do a piece. What, what is the bun? Is the bun toasted? No, untoasted. They have ketchup if you want it. They also just have good mustard. And nice. also, I got really nice lacy onion rings that I piled onto my hot dog and ate that way. Oh my god! And so, what's it like dining there when you walk in? What's the scene like? Uh, the scene is families. Yeah. Tile counters, signs that say "Do not sit on the counter," and then chairs, and you can just kind of lean. It's very casual. It's cash only, in and out kind of vibe. Yeah. It was perfect. Was it crowded? Um. 
No, there were like some people there. We kind of went right before they closed. Oh, right now. And then ended up being late to the monster trucks because of that. But I would say it was worth it. Now, let me ask you, are you a ketchup on the hot dog kind of kind of gal? Uh, yeah, I sometimes will. In this case, I did not because I felt like there was a mustard vibe going with the <laughs> relish. And I was explaining this to the people I was with that there's this huge feud about ketchup on the hot dog or not. And yeah. they were all shocked and didn't know anything about it. So. Well, you attended university in Chicago and you uh, you must have an opinion about the Chicago hot dog and that mustard question. Right. So I would never, if I was in Chicago, put ketchup on my hot dog. But if I was at a barbecue, maybe I would do like a Thousand Island kind of mayo ketchup vibe instead. I like that you split between like geography, but also like locations. Like my dad grew up in Rogers Park and would obviously never put ketchup on a hot dog. But if I'm at a, if I'm at like a backyard barbecue, I want that sweetness. Yeah. You're doing what you want. Fair enough. Do what you want. (laughs) Do what you want with the hot dog. What's your second thing? Well, I, I, I stopped by Pop-Up Grocer, um, which I love going to. I'm going to try to go like every month or so because they, they reset the store. And I picked up a couple new products. My first one is Your Pasta, which I have to say from the rip, it is a little tough to Google Your Pasta. Yeah, is it Y-O-U-R? Yeah, it's Y-O-U-R Pasta, and the domain is yourpastanyc.com. Mm. I, so I grabbed a, a, a box of their rigatoni, and it was really cool. It was The texture was perfect at 16 minutes boiled, and I just love the story. It's, um, it's a female-owned company, run company. Alicia and David are the owners. I think they're – I only know them by their first names because that's what's on the website. <laughs> I don't know them personally, but, um, but David uh, – uh, used to work with Missy Robbins at Missy when was part of that pasta program. So I just love the way they they, they package it. And like we don't necessarily need more pasta companies in our world, but I feel your pasta is definitely going to be in uh, in my in my cabinet in my pantry for a long time. I feel like with dried pasta to me, it always I'm sorry Italians, but it always kind of <laughs> tastes the same. Is it like a texture thing that's different with this one? Great question. I think it comes down to like the dyes they're using and the texture when made at the prescribed time or at a little bit al dente it's a great question because like aren't they all the same or or is like flavor always the same and like generally i say yes um so it comes down to the texture also just comes down to the thickness of the noodle and i think that like if the shape is really unique and i thought this rigatoni was thicker than what you'd get with like a decheco rigatoni i like a thick noodle that's good to know it feels like expensive and fancy okay (laughs) like I, I just use the terms expensive and fancy to describe food. I just felt like it feels like if you're like at a like a, a, a cool pasta restaurant, like it's thicker, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think that's what I was thinking about fresh versus dried is that I think a fresh noodle feels a little bit more luxurious in the mouth. Definitely agree. What's your second thing? My second thing is I just want to talk about uh, a rhubarb application that I I don't want to claim to have invented, but that I thought up on my own this past weekend that was so good, which is that I I was uh, cooking a bunch of very large beans and I wanted to make a marinade for them. And I also was doing a rhubarb themed dinner party. So I had a lot of rhubarb to use up um, and I did like a gremolata style approach, yeah. which was so good. So I did finely chopped rhubarb mixed in finely chopped chives and parsley and then a lot of orange juice and rice vinegar and a little bit of miso and some olive oil. It sounds amazing. I have to back up and ask you a couple 
other questions. Okay, but first I need to say there were a lot of red pepper flakes because the jar uh, broke when I was pouring it in, so it was very spicy. But I was into that too. This happens sometimes, you know, a little bit of a, a unforced air with the spicing. Yeah. So backing up, first thing, when you said you made very large beans. Gigante beans. So how big? I'm thinking like beans as big as your head. Oh, my God. I mean, I could show you a picture right now. They're they're truly the size of my thumb, probably. Wow, wow, wow. Uh, like giant, you know, gigant, Greek gigante beans from yep. Titan, the Greek supermarket in Astoria. Yeah. I mean, always a must order at Greek restaurants, those gigante beans, the, the, the white beans that are just so comforting. Yes. How'd you make them? I cooked them for five hours because that's how long it took for them to be done. <laughs> <laughs> so you started at two. You're like, oh, yeah, it's like 90. It's like 90 minutes to two hours. And you're like, chew on it. Like, man, I'm calling up a picture for you. I did it the day before because I knew that they could take a long time. And especially at certain grocery stores, you don't know if they're fresh beans or not. And dried beans that are not fresh will take even longer. And yeah. I didn't soak them because you didn't soak your beans. Man. I just, you know, I, I didn't really think about cooking them a day ahead until kind of late in the game. Um, so I just cooked them for a long time on very low, like barely simmer vibe uh, with parm rind and some kombu and some dried shiitake mushrooms. I love throwing kombu into a bean. It's nice. Some scallions. Nice. They were nice. very good. But then the marinade is kind of what took them from just a nice creamy bean into something that was, you know, I think one of the hits of the dinner. So yeah, that's my second question. When you talk about a rhubarb themed dinner, are we talking like multi-courses? Are we talking every course has to include rhubarb? Yeah, wait. These are the beans. Okay, we're looking at the beans first live. Yeah, They're gigante. Huge. Those gigante. are big. Gigante. Big, um, big beans. Yeah, so what some of my friends and I, Tanya that I do cake scene yeah. with, and our friend Alan and I cook dinners together for our friends maybe once a quarter. And this past summer, we did a corn-themed dinner that had corn in every dish. And then winter, we just kind of fell off the ingredient yeah. vibe because there wasn't a winter ingredient we were really stoked on. But we wanted to bring it back for spring. And because we had chosen corn, which is sweet but is a vegetable, that Tanya then made a very beautiful corn panna cotta out of, we let her pick for dessert first and reverse mm -hmm. engineered it. So she did rhubarb. She did rhubarb cheesecake. And then— Oh, yo, that's nice. So good. Yeah. Well, lemon cheesecake rhubarb drizzle. Yeah. Very strong on the rhubarb, though. Yeah. Um, and then we had three other courses that all had rhubarb in it, too. Wow. So what's the savory course? Oh, maybe four courses. Um, Alan did a braised lamb with a rhubarb glaze. Very good. Man, you guys are just A game. That's great. Yeah, we, we it takes like two days to do the dinners also because it's, you know, in New York. So if we're doing 15 people at a dinner table, we're moving tables, we're moving chairs. So, Eliza, what's the etiquette for this dinner? I mean, do you do people like Venmo you a little cash? Is Are you hosting and just paying a lot? Like, what's that go? How's it? Um, we like have people bring a lot of wine and that's their kind that's of it. contribution. And then I do beans at every dinner because that's an affordable way to yeah. feed a lot of people. Definitely. So we'll do like a big meat and then just kind of figure it out from there. That's real cool. So, yeah, it's real like pure hospitality and, and you had a big guest list. Yeah. And no one can get up from the table once you sit down. Otherwise, uh, everyone's getting like elbowed in and out. So I'm right. just walking around serving everybody. Oh, how fun is that? Yeah, how, it was so, great. So when you wrap up the party, what's happening at the end? What are you eating? Are there, are there little snacks happening at the end? Dessert, like after dessert? Mm, no, cheesecake was definitely the last thing. But we did uh, crostini with a rhubarb uh, chutney and ricotta for mm. the appetizer. And then in addition to the beans, I did a big salad with pickled rhubarb. And then we had the lamb. So Amazing. I by know. the cheesecake, it was kind of done. You were done eating. So yeah. When was the last? When did the last guest leave? Uh, I think I was the last guest and I left at twelve thirty. That's know. so early. I know. I'm getting old. <laughs> Just, 
Let like what? Okay, yeah. <laughs> no, it, it's nice. It's because you want to get up early and like not lose your lose your weekend. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Respect that. Respect that. So my second thing is rhubarb gremolata, but I guess also doing a themed ingredient dinner party. I like it. Okay. Yeah. How about you? So my last thing is another pickup at Pop Up Grocer. Um, you know, shout out to Emily. I love that place. Confusion Snacks. Do you know this company? No, but that's a fun name. It's a great name, and I, I, and I. I've been in touch with the founder on social and I, I think I'm going to ask him to be on the show um, at some point because I thought um, there's a real mission behind the word confusion and I want him to explain because I don't want to paraphrase it. But fuck, this is my favorite new popcorn. Like, whoa, fucking amazing. I said the F word twice. I don't care. It's available at Pop-Up, also Erwan. So they're trying to channel South Asian flavors um, in popcorn form and so there's a black truffle masala. There's a chili chat, which has a really heavy black pepper um, kind of vibe. And then it's a mint popcorn. Wow. And can I ask about the popcorn? Is it a large or small kernel? Is it's that-, that cool boutique kernel that is a circle that looks Ooh. like a gumball. You know what I'm talking about? Big boys. Is that what are they called? Is that like a real term? I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> There's a term for it. It's like actually when you when you uh, go to like a popcorn store, I think that they also have um, those types of circular kernels. And aside, just remembering it, I had a coworker at a job long ago. Perry, shout out. She said one of her phobias was popcorn stores. I don't think I've ever been to one, but we are, we're pretty close to Times Square, so I think I should maybe go sometime. There's popcorn stores everywhere in the city of Chicago. Yeah, there are. There really are at the airport, too. They sell popcorn. There's something about popcorn stores in the Midwest that—but so that's an aside. Perry um, did not like popcorn stores. That was an interesting phobia. I'm sorry if she ever had to encounter a popcorn store. Heaven forbid. But um, I love Confusion Snacks. I think that the it's a really it's a growing brand. And what I like about it is it's definitely like a richer popcorn. It doesn't feel like it has to like, it's not like a light and lively style. And they really salt the shit out of it. It's really well salted and really well seasoned. And they sent me some products as well. And I bought some products. I've, I've been um, uh, the recipient of some samples and I just love it. It's so good. I have to go check it out. I love popcorn. It sounds yeah, great. It's a good one. What's your last one? My last one is that I was very lucky to be over at Sola and Ham El Whaley's place for dinner recently, and I had grilled blowfish tails. Wow, what a great flex. I know, and I've never had blowfish before. It's not the venomous kind. No, it's a different, totally different breed. But honestly, I trust Ham with my life. If he wanted to serve me poisonous <laughs> blowfish, I would eat it without question. He referred to them as the chicken wing of the sea, which I think is very accurate for the eating experience. They're kind of like little lollipops. Um, and they're native in like the like the lowland area. Gulf Coast, yeah. yeah Gulf Coast. He told me that um, sit Citarella. Oh, yeah. I don't even live in Manhattan, so I don't even know how to pronounce this grocery store name. Citarella. But that Citarella has a great seafood section in general and that that's where he got them from. And whenever he sees them, he has to get them because they're like such a favorite kind of it's a fish great call. cut. And they were they were so good, really juicy and just kind of a fun shape. I kind of was like, what am I eating at first? Because I'd never experienced a small fishtail like that. And so you, he grilled them? Yeah, he grilled them. They have like a charcoal grill set up in the back and then they just brushed it with a kind of... 
I think it was a ramp salsa verde kind of uh, situation. So it was a very, very delicious meal and just such a fun um, kind of fish to be. What a great host just to bring out some like bycatch fish, some like like cool shaped fish. Oh, I mean, yeah, going to dinner at their house is kind of like entering into a time warp where there's just delicious food everywhere. Speaking of time warp, I, you know, I'm thinking Citarella, like Sex and City 2001. Did you ever go to Gourmet Garage? Yes, and it reminds me of like Dean and DeLuca also from this era, which is, I think, closed now. It is absolutely closed. I did a book event there with Dookie in 2017. It was like right after they were acquired by a private equity company. It was also like a week, randomly a week before they had a Dean and DeLuca golf tournament in Houston, Texas. Oh, my God. Take me there. All signs point that maybe the owners were thinking, you know, different direction because it closed soon after but man Dina Luca RIP what a what a place yeah I feel like I'd go to the one in Nolita if I was ever having to do shopping around there and just stand in the frozen section and just feel calm the one in Soho or Nolita Mm, I guess it's Soho the one on Broadway the one on Broadway yeah Yeah. that's more Soho I think it could be yeah maybe it's Nolita it's Soho because it's right on Broadway yeah right it's Soho but it's also that's like the the original location like from 1985 or whenever they opened wow to me it's the only location so that's nice (laughs) nah I mean yeah so Gourmet Garage Dean DeLuca Citarella we still Fairway is that around still yeah Okay. But but they closed the one in Red Hook. That's why I think of the one in Red Hook being closed. Um, the one in the Upper West Side is definitely open. And then we've got Eli Zabar. We're working on that story. I drank out of my Zabar's coffee cup this morning. It's a beautiful coffee cup. It's a beautiful coffee cup. It's it's just Eli. I can't wait to to work on that piece. I'm excited. I'm excited to hear about it. Yeah. And I think if I had to do a fourth thing, it would probably be my Zabar's <laughs> coffee cup. <laughs> Thanks for sharing the three things plus the coffee cup. Thank you. The Taste Podcast is hosted by Eliza Abarbanel and me, Matt Rodbar. The show is produced by Shalia Harris and Pat Stango and edited by Clayton Gumbert. Theme music by Steve Rydell. Visit Taste Online at tastecooking.com and make sure to subscribe to our newsletter for updates on all cool things that are happening. 